This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, people, we are at a different time, but I'm still the same Dave Rubin, also in a different studio on the other coast of the United States of America. That's right. I'm here at the PragerU Studios in Los Angeles in crazy, commie California. Today's September 28th, uh, 2023, and we are here for a couple days because, yes, I was at the Republican debate, the second Republican debate last night at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley. That cold open we did, that was my man Adam Sosnick from the Patrick Bet David podcast. I just thought that was, uh, that was pretty funny. I was with Adam at the beginning of that thing, and uh, he's an interesting guy because he's still a bit of a lefty liberal trying to slog his way through, making sense of things, hanging out with a lot of scary right-wingers these days, but he does live in the free state of Florida, and I think that I can get him over the hump, as I am one to do, you know, rescuing the old liberals and bringing them to the promised land. Anyway, thank you guys for uh, joining us on uh, this late edition of the Rubin Report. Obviously, on the road, we're doing things on the fly, and the PragerU folks uh, were nice enough to lend us the studio, so thanks to Dennis and everybody there. Uh, we will not have a post-game show today. Uh, I'm doing a di an interview with Dennis after this. It's not really an interview. We're just going to chat. We're just going to catch up, actually, and we will air that tomorrow at our regular time, 11 a.m. Eastern. And with all of that out of the way, the theme today is my brutally honest take on what happened at that Republican debate yesterday. We're going to show you one clip one highlight, so to speak, of each of the candidates. And then I will, as I will promise you, I always try to be and will always continue to try to be, I will be as brutally honest. You guys, you guys know my opinions and my thoughts and feelings on most of these candidates and who I like and who I kind of don't like and who I sometimes like and all the rest of it. Uh, but I will just be as honest as I can be. Some of you are gonna like me more, some of you are gonna like me less. That's all I can do, right? That's, it's as simple as that. Uh, so we're gonna go through uh, the debate last night and also a little bit of just sort of the format and how it all just feels so old and stodgy and it's just not working anymore, the, the, the very system around the whole thing. Uh, and then we've got a community Q&A uh, from our friends over at rubinreport.locals.com. So let's just dive right into it. We will start with the guy who is at center stage because he is polling at number two. Of course, that's Florida governor. Ron DeSantis, uh, the guy who is polling apparently at number one, Donald Trump decided not to show up again. And uh, the odd thing about the DeSantis performance, and then I'll throw to the clip and we can talk about it. The odd thing about the DeSantis performance last night was even though he is you know, the number one guy, center stage, center of the stage right there, uh, he was not called on for 16 minutes. And you could really, I'm sure you guys felt it at home, but I'm telling you, in that room, you could really feel it. Everybody in the room, by, two, by the time two or three minutes had gone on, and Tim Scott had talked a whole bunch, and Vivek had talked, and Pence had talked, and I think Nikki had talked, everybody in the room for the first few minutes was like, what is going on here? Uh, anyway, here was a nice moment 
uh, when they were all talking about woke stuff and who would do what, DeSantis finally kind of broke in and said what I have wanted to hear him say all along. Here's the thing that I, well, I just find interesting. Ron, Ron, let me finish all the first. these guys have said Here's the fact. And I appreciate a lot of the things they're saying. Nikki I'm Haley. the only one up here who's gotten in the big fights and has delivered big victories for the people of Florida. And that's what it's all about. I've done it while others have talked about, about it. All right, so I'm going to give you a little criticism of DeSantis as, as well, but I want to start with that moment because that, I think, is what we have needed more of. Look, he's not the flashiest, obviously, right? He's not going to get you with the great zinger or the great off-the-cuff remark. What he can get you with, I think, is and what I hope America will come around to, is competence and clarity and a track record that I think is basically unrivaled. So at that moment, they were all talking about who's going to fight the woke and how are you going to get wokeness out of schools and what are you going to do about the trans kids and all of the stuff and everyone's saying what they'll do. And he was right. He has done it. And not only has he fought the woke and we've removed so much of this nonsense from our school systems in Florida, and we've gotten ESG out of our institutions and our banking systems in Florida, as you know, and and a whole bunch more. He's done it. He's taken the slings from the mainstream media. He's taken the slings from some of his competitors right there. I want to mention one thing. You know, when DeSantis was fighting Disney all along, let's not forget, we showed you a clip many times of Mike Pence saying repeatedly that, you know, this was a bit of an overuse of government power, pushing back against Disney, even though all DeSantis was doing was stripping special rights and privileges and tax exemptions from Disney. He was making the playing field even, which is what every American, especially what every conservative would want. But Pence was going the more corporatist route. By the way, Nikki Haley, said almost the exact same thing. And Vivek repeatedly has said over the last couple of months that, that DeSantis lost to Disney. Simply untrue. So anyway, I think that was really probably DeSantis's best moment because that's what, what most people want out of him, which is, will you as president govern the country the way you have governed Florida? Because no matter what anyone says about Florida, no matter what Trump says and the rest of it, everyone knows that it is the freest, most flourishing state. Well, I suppose not everybody. There's an awful lot of blue-pilled people, but you got it. People who are somewhat awake. All of that being said, I I do have to to lay some criticism at DeSantis, which is he needs more than one little breakout moment. You know, there's a very odd thing happening at these debates, because if we are to believe the, the, the polls to any degree, then Trump is way ahead, right? Now, again, it's a long game, We get to Iowa, and if anyone else besides Trump wins Iowa, or if it's even close, all of the polls are completely out the window. But the Trump thing looms large over the entire thing. And what I want to see out of DeSantis more so, is not I don't care for the zingers. I think it would help on social media if he had a few more of them. And, you know, and I think he maybe could be a little more aggressive when people are talking over each other, although they usually look kind of silly. and, And several times he was like, hey, does anyone want to hear this nonsense? And I do think that sums it up nicely. But what I want to see out of DeSantis, and if I get a chance, in the, maybe at the Miami debate or wherever else, I will say it to him and, and his campaign people, is everyone in that room and almost everyone watching at home knows he's the only guy that has a chance against Trump, right? Tim Scott does not honestly think he has a chance against Trump. I, I think maybe Nikki honestly thinks she does, and I'll, we'll talk about them in a moment. Uh, but, but Pence knows this thing's not going anywhere. Christie doesn't think he's going to be president. Vivek, I don't think, thinks he's going to be president, right? DeSantis is the one. If, if it's at all possible. And he needs to do something that is going to separate him from the pack. Isn't it interesting that no one really goes after him at these things because his track record is pretty damn, uh, it's pretty damn airtight. 
But he needs to, to basically turn to everybody and be like, guys, cut the shit. If we have any chance to move this party in this country past Trump, take the good things from MAGA and Trump, respect what he did, but do it in a much cleaner, tighter way, then it's me. And you all know it. And let's just stop with all this stuff. I think that he needs, as an elderly gentleman pretending to be president often says, he needs a backbone like a ramrod, okay? And I would like to see that backbone like a ramrod. So that would be my assessment of, uh, of DeSantis' performance. He, did, performance. he did not quite do that. But again, he didn't get dinged. I didn't hear him lie once. He effectively communicated his ideas, although uh, the, the uh, moderators certainly did not go to him enough. Uh, and just briefly on the moderators, yeah, I don't think they did a great job. I, I happen to like Dana Perino a lot. I do her show. Uh, she, she's a great gal, and I think she's a good broadcaster. I think they just lost control, especially uh, Tim Scott and Nikki constantly talking over everybody. Pence did it a little bit. Uh, Vivek does it a lot. They just lost control and they have to figure out a way. And we all see it, right? It, do, it feels old and stale and weird. The zingers that don't work, the prepackaged lines. It, it hasn't caught up with the way the internet talks about things, and, but that's, that's a bit of a, an aside. Uh, the, the main moment with Vivek was sort of the best and worst of Vivek at the exact same time, which he seems to be doing a lot of. Uh, this is him talking about TikTok, how he used to talk about banning TikTok, then he hung out with the TikToker, so now he's saying you should get on TikTok or that he should be on TikTok, but also that when he becomes president, he'll ban TikTok. Try to make any sense of that, here you go. You join TikTok after dinner with boxer and influencer Jake Paul. Should the commander-in-chief be so easily persuaded by an influencer? So the answer is I have a radical idea for the Republican Party. We need to win elections. And part of how we win elections is reaching the next generation of young Americans where they are. So when I get into office, I've been very clear. Kids under the age of social, under the age of 16, should not be using addictive social media. There's exactly one person in the Republican Party which talks a big game about reaching young people, and that's me. And let me level with all of you. I'm the new guy here, and so I know I have to earn your trust. What do you see? You see a young man who's in a bit of a hurry, maybe a little ambitious, bit of a know-it-all, it seems, at times. I'm here to tell you, no, I don't know it all. I will listen. All right, so there's a couple things there. Uh, first off, just at the, at the purely policy level, uh, I don't know what right the president has to say who can or cannot be on social media and what uh, age that should happen at, right? That's up for parents to decide for kids and an adult to decide for themselves. So it's an, it's an odd flex, like as president, I will say at 16 years old, you can get on TikTok, but before you can. He went on to say that he was going, I mean, the, the idea that he was trying to communicate there was that he was against TikTok because it's Chinese spyware. He flat out says it, everyone on the stage agrees with him, the moderators agree, we all know it. But now he's saying we have to get on Chinese spyware so that we can win elections, meaning his idea then would be go to where young people are. So young people are using Chinese spyware, so I'll use Chinese spyware. Then once I have the power, I will ban Chinese spyware. And, and I think a phrase that I'm gonna be saying a lot over the next uh, course of the year uh, of this uh, election, primary and general, is do the ends justify the means? I don't think so. I know a lot of people do think so, and in politics, almost everyone does, right? Like, you should do whatever you can to win at all costs. But to me, that is what would put us on the slow descent to hell. I believe that the means, how you get there, 
are important. It is important to get to the end, but how you go about doing it with integrity and honesty and everything else. So I think he's being a little short-sighted there. I get it why he wants to be on TikTok. He wants to be cool amongst young people and he wants to get the, whatever, the re-TikToks. What do they call them on TikTok? The tickle, tackle, tuckle, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Well, I'm not on TikTok. We have an account, which I told my guys, we don't even have to have a TikTok account if you don't want. And Brock, my social media guy said, I'll do it. I'll put the, social, the Chinese spyware on my phone. So God bless him for that. Um, but I truly did not pressure anyone to do it. Anyway, the point is the idea that you would do something that you think is evil using Chinese spyware, encourage young people to do it and say, well, that's where they are, so I'm gonna go, and then I'll ban it after. No, I, I just don't think that thing flies. And he was explaining it, the audience was not with him. And then Nikki Haley had, I would say, her best zinger of the night in response to that. There's one person on this. This is infuriating because TikTok (laughs) is one of the most dangerous social media apps that we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Hmm. Because I can't believe they hear you've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. (laughs) That means they can get your contacts. They can get your financial information. They can get your emails. They can get text messages. They can get all of these things. This is very important for Exactly what they're this doing. Is- all right, that, that's a good moment from Nikki. You know, all the pre-packaged stuff, and maybe she had the line waiting, everything. Every time I listen to you, I feel a little bit dumber. It's like, maybe she had that waiting, but it didn't come off as super pre-packaged. And look, the show does matter a little bit here, right? If you land the line correctly, uh, people are into it. That's what goes viral. That's what gets a little of the internet zeitgeist going. And we're gonna show you a moment where a line did not go as well as that. But in essence, what she was saying there was, The ends don't justify the means. Yes, you want to get young people, and she explained that a little bit further, but you don't do it by using an app that the CCP, the Communist Party of China, is using to steal banking information and all sorts of stuff from adults and young people alike. So that was a nice moment for her. I'd also like to say that on the Nikki front, uh, look, I have a major disagreement with her on the Ukraine thing. I do not believe we can endlessly fund this thing. I have a lot of reservations about Zelensky and the Ukrainian government and their attacks on free speech and banning political parties and postponing elections and all of that stuff. That is not a defense of Russia, by the way, for the people that seem to be confused about that. Somehow, if you if you say anything uh, in, in that regard, it makes it, you know, a certain set of people think that you're suddenly pro-Russia. That's obviously not the case. Um, But Nikki, I think, came across as fairly competent. She was strong, she forced her way in, and some people thought she was a bit aggressive, but she still remains my dark horse here if someone was to rise out of the pack. And again, that's putting the foreign policy stuff aside, and you have to remember, not everyone, you watching this, let's say you roughly agree with me on foreign policy stuff, and maybe you don't, that's great, actually. And I know you guys have all sorts of different opinions. That doesn't mean that all Americans feel that same way. So when I say that, I see a lot of people, I don't agree with her on that, and how could you say that, Dave? And I'm trying to give you an honest assessment. I'm not trying to say that every candidate who's gonna rise to the top is just gonna agree with me on everything. So that would be that. Uh, Tim Scott, who got a lot of talk time yesterday, I don't know if they did the clock, they usually do a clock of talk time. He had a lot of talk time. He also speaks pretty slowly, so that probably extended it. Uh, But he had a good line here, I thought, when it uh, came to, uh, they were talking originally about um, the unions, and then he's kind of turned that into something about immigration. 
I'll say this, Joe Biden should not be on the picket line. He should be on the southern border working to close our southern border because it is unsafe, wide open, and insecure, leading to the deaths of 70,000 Americans in the last 12 months because of fentanyl. It is devastating. Every county in America is now a border county because fentanyl has devastated Americans in every single state. Okay, I think that was a pretty good shift of topic. You know, they always figure out a way you get, you get asked a question and you can just answer any other question. So that was about Joe Biden being on the line with some of these Detroit auto workers right now, the union line. Um, but the way he shifted it to what most people care about right now, and I'm not diminishing what's going on in Detroit right now, but most people, I think the thing that's on most people's mind right now, it's, it's the economy and it's the border. And this border situation is completely out of control. And I would argue at this point that no administration could be this incompetent. Thus, it is an actual intentional invasion. When we've shown you many of these videos of border patrol officers, oh, come on in. Sorry, we let 10 in. You guys are gonna have to wait a minute. Oh, you wanna go to Chicago? Well, it would probably be better to go to San Diego. Like all of this stuff, like to me, it's obvious and it's intentional, but I think, I think he did a nice job there. Uh, I don't think he wanted to talk about the picket line too much and to shift it to, to a weakness of, uh, of Biden was a good move. I would say Tim Scott, although, look, I think realistically he probably has two more debates in him, maybe only one more. You know, there's a certain, I, we'll talk about this with Pence as well, who's coming up next. Like these guys, no one thinks they're going to be president. They are there for a little bit and it widens the field and everything else. Uh, but Tim Scott did a fairly decent job of getting up there and being someone that people were listening to last night. Uh, let's go to former VP Mike Pence. Uh, this was a confusing moment at the, uh, at the debate last night that made everyone in the room slightly uncomfortable. By way of full disclosure, Chris, you mentioned the president's situation. I'm, my wife uh, isn't a member of the teachers union, but I got to admit, I've, I've been sleeping with a teacher for 38 years. And the um, so full disclosure. Yeah, nobody, like the, the laugh was weird. It was paused. He was struggling to choke that line out. It was a little unclear if his wife is the teacher he's been sleeping with. A lot of people thought that several of them were sleeping with Randy Weingarten, who's the teacher's union president, who's also a lesbian. There's a lot of layers to this whole thing. Uh, but look, Pence, again, he's probably just like a decent guy. He's a little more, let's say, conservative for me on some stuff but nobody really knows why he's there. It seems to me he's trying to clean up a little bit of what maybe he thinks is his tarnished reputation related to Trump, uh, but there's no real support there. My guess is he has two debates in him, if not just the next one in Miami, very similar to the Tim Scott situation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Uh, the other guy is North Dakota Governor uh, Doug Bergram. And Doug, who uh, nobody seems to know, but actually is a pretty nice guy. He's got incredible eyebrows, if you take anything away from this. Uh, he also injured himself before the last debate in a basketball uh, accident, which I'm very sympathetic to. He's wearing the boot. He still had the boot. You probably didn't see that at home, but we saw it in the room. 
Uh, anyway, there's no real point in showing any of his policy stuff, although I, I thought it was all actually pretty decent. Uh, here was just a moment where he would not stop talking and Dana Perino finally couldn't take it anymore. Stuart, can we Governor, get back to the question? The no, question we cannot. Is on Governor DeSantis, I'm going straight. On this stage Sir, that has a we, we, we will have to cut your mic, and I don't want to do that. I don't. I don't want to do it, but somebody else is going to do it. I don't actually have the button, but there are tech people over there who have it. So I don't think we have to talk about that much more. Uh, again, he actually does seem like a nice guy. It seems like North Dakota is doing quite well, and he's, uh, he's a fairly decent communicator, actually, but it's just not going to happen. I'm pretty sure that was his last debate, so let's go. Let's move on that. Uh, Chris Christie had a moment that every single person in that room, and I would guess millions of people, millions of people across America cringed, as he choked out this line. And I want to look in that camera right now and tell you, Donald, I know you're watching. You can't help yourself. I know you're watching, okay? And you're not here tonight, not because of polls and not because of your indictments. You're not here tonight because you're afraid of being on the stage and defending your record. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. All right. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was just like, everybody was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm pretty sure that Disney, in a weird way, I'm siding with Disney on this one. They should sue that man over this. Like, just enough is enough. Um, look, I actually agree with the sentiment there. I really do. Trump is ducking this stuff because he's afraid. It is not healthy for a democracy to have the front runner, the man who wants to lead the world and go up against Putin and Xi and all of these people not debate. And I get the strategic version of it. And it's also why I said I'm going to be repeating the phrase, do you believe the ends justify the means? Do you believe you can do anything you want in the quest for power? Duck debates, lie about people, et cetera, et cetera. That has been my criticism of Trump. So I actually do agree with the heart of what Christie said there. But these prepackaged lines, they just do not work. Okay, in any event, uh, that, that is a, a one clip of everybody. Now I want to show you one other clip because one other politician was in the building uh, and you knew he was there because you could smell the sulfur. Yes, that's right, California Governor Gavin Newsom and the debate was in Simi Valley in California, so it was his state, uh, but it was a little bizarre to have him show up. Uh, he showed up, he was in the spin room, Fox put him on for an interview, with Sean Hannity right after, like to me, this is the system showing Biden the door one way or another, and it's clearly going to be Newsom, or they're at least laying the groundwork for all of that. And here is Newsom uh, actually backing his buddy Trump. And let's not forget that Gavin Newsom's ex-wife, and, and I happen to like her, so this is not a personal shot at anybody, Kimberly Guilfoyle, we're friendly, we've had dinner, she's a really nice gal. But his ex-wife is Donald Trump Jr.'s current wife. And here's Newsom uh, saying Trump was the winner. Governor, what do you think is going to be the takeaway after this debate from the American people? I think it will be clear that Trump comes out the dominant force after this debate. I mean, this is the XFL. This is JV. I mean, honestly, I mean, this is maybe, maybe a vice presidential debate. These guys are getting lapped by Donald Trump. It's not even close. It's not even interesting. And I think what's most interesting to me is, do they recognize that? Or are they actually going to show up and run against the guy that's in the way of their prospects to be the nominee? It's a zero-sum game. It's a binary choice at the end of the day. It's not a ranked choice voting. So either these guys come after the front runner, 
and distinguish themselves or otherwise they're wasting everybody's time. And I say this with love and respect. There's a reason some of the advertising is being discounted for this debate. People don't even want to tune in because they know that fundamentally. He says it with love and respect. Man, he is the most slimy, disingenuous, dishonest, perfect Democrat of all time, and that's why they are prepping him to take over for Joe Biden. He is deeply inauthentic. I truly believe he is a lizard person. I think if you peeled off his skin, there would be a cold-blooded lizard there. No offense to lizards, who I've become quite fond of while I live in the free state of Florida right now, okay? I, I, lo I love the iguanas. Sure, they're fighting with Clyde in the backyard and we lose tails and it's a bloody mess out there. I, I like him, certainly a lot more than I like Gavin Newsom. Uh, but the fact that he was there, Fox puts him on with Hannity and more importantly than anything else, Let's not forget what Donald Trump said about Gavin Newsom during COVID. I couldn't really hit him because he was saying nice things about me. Remember that? And now Gavin Newsom saying nice things about Trump. And do you think that maybe, guys, 4D chess people out there, do you think that maybe Gavin Newsom saying nice things about Trump because everybody knows that Trump is the most beatable candidate? Trump can't bring in any new people and DeSantis actually could and he's done it in Florida. So the entire freaking machine is trying to make sure Trump shouldn't have to debate because look at the polls, look at everybody else. And Gavin Newsom and MSNBC are on the same side as Donald Trump when it comes to Ron DeSantis. Do you think there might be a little something there? I leave that to you, wise people. All right, let's get to a rubenreport.locals.com community Q&A. Lloyd says, do you think debates should have mic cutoffs? So they, it, it's a little unclear like who's in charge of that. And again, I don't think Dana was there like pressing the button. There's somebody in a in a booth somewhere that's actually pressing the button or they're lowering the mic at times. Look, they lost complete control. There was so much talking over each other. DeSantis, as I referenced earlier, he had a nice moment where he was like, guys, is this, you think this is what anyone wants? Uh, but you could barely hear him over what usually was Tim Scott and Nikki Haley arguing. And the funny thing about them arguing, and you can see why they're doing it, is that South Carolina, Phoenix, can you check this for me? South Carolina is number three in the primary process. Is it Iowa? New Hampshire and then South Carolina, I'm pretty sure it is three. Let's not forget, he's a sitting senator. She's a former governor of South Carolina. So there is something to fight for there if they're both in it still at that time, right? Um, but I think you have to have a better system altogether. You don't need three moderators. There was simply no reason for that. Imagine if Tucker had done that. Just one man, I could do it. It doesn't have to be me, Rogan could do it, whoever. You could maybe have two people, but I think too many moderators and just, there was not anyone that was gonna say, I am in control of this thing. And I would say that would be my criticism of DeSantis. He needed to say, I'm in control of this thing. And I would also say, it's the criticism I have for the moderators. They have to say, I'm in control of this thing. Yes, South Carolina is the third one. Uh, Tony says, has Clyde had any more iguana incidences or, he is, or is he enjoying retirement undefeated? Uh, I sort of just answered that. Clyde is constantly fighting with iguanas outside. Bloody mess. I got bloody iguanas in the pool. There's some frog fights, uh, but he's loving it. He really is loving life. Like he's a different dog than he was in LA. A LA, where I used to live about a mile from here, you know, everything's dead here. Nothing really grows here. It's kind of just dirty and bleh. It's just not, you got my feelings about this place. But Florida, there's so much life there. He constantly has a bird to chase and he'll kill a bird or a squirrel. And, and he's just like, he's like finding his inner animal, which I think is probably the, uh, the purpose of all animals. Harry says, what were your thoughts on the moderators last night? Well, I basically answered that already. I just think you just need stronger personalities. That's not a knock on any of them specifically, 
but it's partly that the, the system itself doesn't work. You know, these things are not a debate. A debate would be something like this. It would be like, please explain um, why you believe capitalism is the best economic system. Uh, and then you'd say, okay, you, DeSantis, you can go first because you're polling highest. And then you'd have people chiming in and you would talk that out for 10 minutes, right? And everybody would get a little chance in, somebody would say something, somebody would get to respond. They're doing this thing where it's like, DeSantis, will you we ask you this question, then one guy can go after you for that. And then Nikki will ask you a completely different question and let two people fight about that. And you, we're gonna ask you something, answer a completely different question than you're asked and, and four other guys. It's not a debate. It's just like this constant shit show of, they're like juggling poop, basically. And when you juggle poop, Connor, what happens? You get poop in your face. I haven't tried it, that's what he said. <laughs> that's good. Uh, Glenn says, which state has better weather, Florida or California? Look, I am here in SoCal. It is 78 and beautiful today. But I gotta tell you, in LA, the air quality is absolutely terrible. One of the things, we, we used to live here in LA, and I know it's easy for me to crap on LA all the time, um, but when we used to live here in LA, the weather was beautiful all the time, but we did not sit outdoors on our outdoor furniture that often because there, the air quality is so bad that there would be like a constant like soot or dust on everything, even though the air quality was really nice. We'd do our, we'd do our thing outside, but like I just didn't sit on, we didn't hang out outside that often actually. Uh, where in LA, uh, in Florida, it rains all the time. It, you know, we just passed the summer where you'd get these storms virtually every day for a few minutes, and then it'd be sunny, and then a storm again. But everything's clean and fresh and growing and everything else. I know that's I'm just comparing the weather of LA. Northern Cali is a little bit different and cooler and everything else. I just love Florida. I just love Florida. To each his own, as they say. I don't mind humidity. I like a little. I like sweating a little bit, like getting out there and sweating. Um, Florida's hot in the summer. It is what it is. But yeah, there you go. Uh, we can save America. Twenty four says, "What advice would you give Robert Kennedy Jr., especially with the crap from the DNC?" Look, he is almost at the end of the road, which I predicted he would be at about six months ago. That the, when, what did I say? I mean, find my first video. We should find it at some point. My first video, whenever he was put on the map, I said, by the time the DNC is done with him, he will basically be a Republican. I don't think that means he will be a laminated, card-carrying member of the Republican Party, but he will be done with the Democrats. He is seeing in real time how deeply corrupt these people are, that they, if he campaigns in Iowa or the early states, they automatically give his votes to Biden because they know that Biden, by, by the nature of being the incumbent, does not have to campaign at all. They are so freaking corrupt. Look, the Republicans are stupid. They're not that great. They're always gonna disappoint you. But generally speaking, they're not just downright evil and corrupt to the core. Some of them are. But as a general rule, the Democrats are. And I think my advice to him at the end would be, I, I, there's just such a great path for him. If DeSantis becomes president, then you know what you do? You bring in RFK, and RFK is tasked with taking down the agencies. Figure out what's going on at the CIA and the FBI. Find out what's going on with Fauci and the NIH and CDC and all those things. Do what his life's work has been as a lawyer and fighting the machine. In that regard, that would be a beautiful thing. I, he just won't do it with Trump. So I know a lot of you are probably thinking that. He just won't do it. He's repeatedly said that. George says, is there anything you miss about California? You know what? I'm going to dinner tonight at a, uh, a joint on uh, Sunset. Oh, wait a minute. I can't say the name of the place. <laughs> 
I'll probably be leaving by the time this airs, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I'm having dinner at a place I used to like. You know what? I miss Dennis. I miss Marissa, some of the people here. We, we had some great friends here, and uh, now they usually visit us in Florida. But we had a nice life. We really did have a nice life here. Even at the height of the insanity with COVID, I was running illegal parties all the time. I was, you know, bring, it was like, you know, we was like the underground railroad of sanity, bringing people to our house. We had a really nice life here. What I, I always said, what happened in the four walls of our house was always wonderful. It was just stepping outside that I couldn't take anymore. So yes, I do have some fond memories, uh, but Cali is what it is at this point. Uh, Florida Man Chuck says, we know the debates are generally very proper, but if you had the opportunity to go down the list of candidates and ask them each and anything goes question, what would it be? It, well, it's very simple. I would literally say, when was the last time you got laid? Now, apparently it's happening to Mike Pence a lot. It's a little unclear whether it's his wife or another teacher, but wouldn't that just be interesting? Like, really, let, let's go through each one. Bergram, when do you think Bergram? Bergram's probably, I feel like he's in a decent marriage. He seems like a happy guy. I bet you Bergram, Bergram's getting laid every now and again. I'm gonna say for Bergram, two weeks. It's been about two weeks. He's, oh, and he's got, the, uh, he's got the cast on his leg and the boot, so, you know. Uh, two weeks for Bergram. Okay, Christy. When's the last time Christy got laid? Ooh. 20 years. <laughs> 20 years, 20 years. Uh, yeah, I mean, that one, I guess just nobody wants to picture it. Sorry, like, whatever. You know, it is what it is. Like, that, it's probably been a while. It's probably been a while. Like, can you see it, you know? Um, who else was up there? Nikki. You know, Nikki often fondly talks about her husband and her marriage, and I've gotten to know her personally a little bit. I feel like they have like a kind of healthy sex life. I really do, actually. She strikes me as like, she seems like a full woman to me, you know what I mean? And it's tough being up there with all the men. I, I think Nikki probably, I wanna say one week, Nikki Haley, okay? Uh, let's see, Pence, I mean, the, the 38-year thing, like, Pence, I don't know, it was in a room, but nobody else was with him, and there was some woman in another room or something like that, and they said they, said they did it. Uh, Tim Scott, well, I guess it would depend where the, where the girlfriend is. Nobody seems to know where this Canadian, maybe it was high school, uh, maybe it was in the Boy Scouts, you know, who knows, who knows. Um, Vivek, you know, Vivek, look, Vivek's young, what is he, 36, something like that? Like, and he seems, his wife seems nice and she's pretty, they've got two young kids. Vivek's, Vivek's hitting it. I'm gonna say Vivek within five days. Uh, and DeSantis, you know, DeSantis, I, I will say this, DeSantis doesn't like reek of like, like male energy in that way. But I will tell you this, I have been to many events with, with him and Casey and you know, had, had some whiskey with them. And I, I'll tell you one, they, I don't even know that they'd ever want me to say this, but I will say this and I, and I, think, it I think it honestly is a, it bodes well for them. We were at an event one night about a year ago and it was after the event, it was like an all day event and there were all sorts of people there and whatever. And it was me and the two of them, and I think one or two other people, and I was doing my tequila, and they were, I, I think they were both having whiskey, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe, maybe she, you know, I don't think she was drinking, actually, but I think he had a whiskey. And, uh, and she said, you know, this is our date night. This is what date night looks, looks like to us. And I immediately, I turned to both of them, and I said, Gov, if it's date night, you better get out of here. Just like that, I smiled at him. They both knew exactly what I meant, and he looked at her, and he smiled, and he said, honey, let's go, and they walked right out. So I'm gonna guess that they're having a little fun on, uh, on the road, so there you, oh, so I have to, oh, and they also have three young kids, so I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say also, I'm gonna give them the Vivek thing, it's within about five days or so. Uh, Mitchell says, have you discovered any cool tequila recipes, actual tequila itself, 
or tequila drinks during your tequila journey so far. So yes, we are moving ahead and working on this tequila. Uh, you know, we're working on a reposado, which takes a couple months to age, and we really want to get it right. So if, if the one that, uh, that we have brewing is not quite right, we're going to change the taste. I've told you guys a little bit about some of my thinking behind it of whether we go with like just something super clean and simple. Now I'm thinking we go with something a little more high end because I want people to really appreciate tequila. I think it's just such a nice thing to just sip and you don't have to drink a lot of it and it's just got a nice vibe to it and taste and all that. Um, one thing that I found when we were in Mexico a couple weeks ago and we were tasting a whole bunch of things, we found another alcohol called Sotol, S-O-T-O-L, uh, tequila is made from agave, obviously. Sotol is made from an agave-like plant, but it's not the same as tequila. But it's got a really earthy, uh, cactus-like flavor. Really, really nice to sip on. And I actually found, uh, I found a restaurant, a Mexican joint in Miami that has some, and it's really, really nice. Check it out if you haven't. Ben says, is the VP going to come from the current field, or will it be a surprising candidate? It's a great question. I mean, I, first, it depends who the president is. I would say if it's Trump, you know, I hear the, the Trump people always are like, it's gotta be Carrie Lake, it's gotta be Carrie Lake. It's not gonna be Carrie Lake. I'm sorry if you're Carrie Lake. Trump, if it is Trump, he has to go to someone to widen the tent, right? You have to go to somebody else. You don't go to Carrie Lake just so that you have more of the same. You gotta go to somebody else. By the way, quick story on Carrie Lake. You know, I hit Carrie Lake a couple times hard over the week. <laughs> that sounded like an answer to the other question. Uh, Carrie was on the PBD podcast, as you saw, and she was really going after DeSantis in a really dishonest way about closing beaches and that he took a page out of Newsom's book during COVID. Just more of the lies that Trump has been exporting about DeSantis and COVID. She got owned repeatedly on Twitter and everywhere else. We put up a video of her, like we, it was really nice what we did. We took a video of her saying that DeSantis wanted beaches closed and we put that up and then we just found it, it was so easy to find. It took us literally like three minutes a video of Trump calling for DeSantis to close the beaches down. Anyway, so we hit her a couple times on uh, on Twitter over that. She came up to me and she, at the debate and she was clearly not happy with me. She's like, Dave, don't take it so personally. And, da, da, da. and I was like, well, I do take it personally because I moved to Florida because of freedom and because of DeSantis and these policies. And it wasn't true what you were saying. And she's like, she's like, you know, ah, well, I don't know. Truth does matter. And, um, uh, and, then, and then I said, uh, Oh, and she said, and you know, DeSantis just wasn't good and we can't rewrite, we can't rewrite history. And I said, do you, and I'm, pr I'm pretty sure I'm doing this like as verbatim as I can. Uh, I said, uh, you do know that Fauci got an award from Trump on his last day in office. And she goes, he did? She goes, well, I think he gave one to Trump too. And then she walked away and I was like, what? Like, I'm pretty sure she did, did do we know that Trump gave, like, just made it up. Anywho, it's not gonna be Carrie. I'm sorry to tell you, Carrie. Um, I think Trump would have to do something how do, you, how do you bring in the moderates? Like, I think a wise move would be someone like um, Tulsi Gabbard, but I just don't think she would be associated with Trump. So I, I don't know where Trump goes. I think DeSantis probably has to do something for the base. So does, if you're DeSantis, do you go to a, a Kirstie Nome, maybe, a Kirstie Nome? I think that's maybe a possibility. I, you know, the, the one that I think DeSantis, I think he really likes her and I really like her and I've met her a couple of times, we had her on the show, is Iowa governor, um, Oh, I'm sorry, Kim Reynolds. Uh, I think she's, um, I think she's really, she's bright and smart. She gets it. She's like chipper and fun, and I think she'd be a nice blend. And she's extremely popular in Iowa. Now, obviously, you don't announce your VP before you've won a couple things, so it would be irrelevant for the primary. But I think that could be an interesting one for him. Uh, Quinn says, "Can you find a nice place in LA to show us?" 
Yes, it's the place I'm going to dinner tonight that I can't tell you about, but I will tell you in a future episode because I can't have everybody showing up to where I'm having dinner. Thank you very much. Janice says, where else is nice in LA? Let me think of something nice. Um, you know what? Uh, the Hollywood Bowl, which is an outdoor amphitheater here that I saw a bunch of concerts at over the years. The coolest one I saw by far. They do it every year, I think a couple times a year. Uh, John Williams, you know, the incredible composer John Williams who did Star Wars and Jurassic Park and, you know, every great soundtrack of Indiana Jones from, from the 80s into today. Uh, they do all of his music with the L.A. Philharmonic. And, you know, when they do Star Wars especially, you basically have like 3,000 people all with lightsabers doing a light show. That was, that was a really awesome moment in Los Angeles. Janice says, what do you think will happen on real time when DeSantis and Sam Harris go on? Well, I will be there. Uh, I am still not on the show for whatever reason, Bill, uh, but I will be there. I will be backstage and I will talk to the gov and I'll talk to Sam if Sam will still talk to me. I, I don't hold anything personally against him, as I said, uh, but you know, Sam is, uh, hasn't been talking much, I guess, to some of the old crew. Uh, in terms of what will happen with them, there will be nothing public that happens with them because I assume uh, the way, well, you know what, I don't know for sure because now that the show is back without the writers, there's gonna be a different format altogether. But my, my guess is the governor is gonna do a one-on-one -on -one with Bill and then Sam will be part of a panel. So I don't think there'll be any direct interaction between Sam Harris and the governor, although I think it would be nice if there was because it would be pretty great to see the gov kind of going at it with Sam and Bill, you know, two kind of liberals, let's say, who maybe quite haven't figured out exactly what's going on here in reality just yet. Uh, Liz says, can we do a meet and greet in Los Angeles next time? I don't know when next time will be, but yes, we will, we will try to do that for sure. Sam says, are you going to ARC in London? Yes, ARC is Jordan Peterson's conference that is a 180 counter, a counter conference to the World Economic Forum. Uh, it's the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship. He is doing that at the end of October into early November, so I will be in London for about a week and everybody like probably 40 people that have been on this show will be there. A uh, bunch of conferences. It's open to the public. I think you can get tickets if you just Google our conference, or maybe we can put the description, the link in the description, uh, if you guys want to come to that. And there's going to be some big dinners. And I think Jordan's been very good about like who can do what there. So I think I'm going to give a talk on kind of new media and politics, that sort of thing. But everyone's going to kind of pick their specialty and, and do different things. And it's, I think it's going to be held actually at a couple different venues. So uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. And it would be nice to just get a, a sane, clear counter to the World Economic Forum. Kevin says, if The View invited you onto their show, would you do it? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I think it would be hilarious at this point. I would be ready to roll, right? I would bring the receipts. As I always say, Ted Cruz went to The View and when they asked him about some stuff, election denial, he was like, how about this? I would be ready to go. I would try to be decent and honest to them. I would tell Joy, Joy, I used to love you. You know it, because we used to talk. Uh, Whoopi, like, you know, ghost, come on. Sister Act 2, you used to be okay. Like, what happened here? The one I would struggle with is Hannah, because she is such a freaking liar, and she lives in the free state of Florida while ranting and raving that this place is horrible, and, you know, she's married to a guy that's worth, like, hundreds of millions of bucks, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and, like, super rich. She, she once, we got into it on Twitter once, and she drives a Maserati. The, woman, the woman's living the life while pretending she's living in a gulag, and I would have a just harder time, because the Florida thing, again, it just feels personal to me, 
uh, versus some of the other stuff. I would also ask the blonde woman what her name is because nobody knows what her name is. And then there's the, the sellout Republican. I, I don't think I would look at her. It would be, I, we could give her the day off. Uh, Mary says, how do you think they will make Newsom the nominee? Look, this is the gajillion dollar question. It's so obviously happening. The question is when, not if. And Biden, even if they get Biden through the election, he obviously is not going to be president for another four years. I am not convinced they will get him through the election or that he could break down at any moment. As I am speaking right now, breaks a hip, it's over, right? Um, what are they gonna do? Look, it would be ironic as all hell, but I would not put anything past these evil devil worshipers, how they would, the Democrats would be the one to get rid of the first black female VP and, and basically stop her from also being the first black female president, but they will figure out a way. What Gavin could maybe do or what they could do is, let's, let's say Biden steps down, the impeachment stuff gets too hot or there's just too much corruption or the health or whatever, or they just say there's a bunch of stuff here, we don't think you're gonna win the election or something, we're just pushing you aside. What you could do is you temporarily put Kamala in. Everyone feels, oh my God, we got the black female vice president. It's the greatest day ever, hallelujah, okay, fine. You have a little moment of that. And then what you do is you do something like say that Kamala has decided that she actually, she wants to spend more time with, uh, what's her husband's Doug, I think too? You wanna spend more time with Doug? And do they have kids? I guess they have a kid, probably, they probably have a transsexual son, daughter or something. Like you probably wanna spend more with he or they and she's just gonna step aside. And what Gavin could do is then you get Dianne Feinstein, who's 8,000 years old, to step down and you make Kamala Harris a senator again from California. Like she wants to be back in Cali, she doesn't wanna be in DC, something like that. Or you don't even put her in politics anymore. You make her the head of the nonprofit, the global Clinton Global Initiative, you the Kamala Harris Society for studying big states versus small states or concentric circles or whatever it might be, Venn diagrams. You just get her out of the way and then Newsom's the one that's running and then Newsom brings in somebody. Like, I don't know what it is, but don't pretend they can't do it. I hear a lot of people being like, it's too late, it's not gonna happen. You know, Newsom's just a showboater. Give the devil his due, ladies and gentlemen. Give the devil his due. All right, thank you guys for submitting questions uh, over at the Locals community, rubenreport.locals.com. As always, part two of my interview with Patrick Bett David is up across platforms, full things up, ad free over at Locals. And uh, tomorrow, uh, we will we will not be live, but at 11 a.m. Eastern, we will have a regularly scheduled program. It's gonna be a chat that I'm gonna do. I don't know if we're doing it in this room or a different studio with Dennis Prager. I, I have no plans, no paper, no plans, no questions. I'm just gonna sit down with an old friend and talk about the state of the world. We'll put that up at 11 a.m. Eastern. We leave you with a cold close of the elderly man pretending to be president, and I will see everyone tomorrow. Close here, you mentioned Liz Cheney um, throughout this process, before your testimony, during it, and after. As an inspiration to you, and then one of the few people who was by your side and you could confide in, how critical was Liz Cheney in getting you to testify, and how good a strong of an ally was she? Liz Cheney, is the leader that we all need to aspire to be, and she is the leader that we need as a country to come together and find people to elect people like Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney has a spine of steel, and she also cares deeply about this country. You know, I think seeing Liz Cheney sit on a dais with several Democratic members of Congress goes to show how dangerous of a moment that we are in as a country. I would like to think that without Liz Cheney, I still would have come to this moment, but I know that I came to this moment because of Liz Cheney. I am forever indebted to her for that and helping 
get me to where I am today. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.